The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Well, hey there, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I want to share with you some age-old truths about educating children that I've discovered from surveying homeschooling parents. So every year, well, almost every year, uh, since 2014, I've sent out a survey to homeschooling parents And every year, I include a question about what's working. Last year, I heard back from 75 parents. And today, I want to share a not-so-surprising discovery that I found in their responses. Personally, this really confirms everything that I know about educating children, things that I've learned from the, over the past 30 years of teaching. And it really affirms my current services, everything that I offer at Art of Homeschooling, which is really fun. So this, it made me realize that uh, these are really age-old truths, right? These are the facts of what works and Uh, what works well when we're raising our children, homeschooling our children, and teaching our young ones. So here's the question that I asked. What are the top two or three things that are working well right now in your homeschool? I received some very touching responses And there were some definitive trends in what's working out there on the front lines of home education. So here are the top four areas where homeschool educators find their peace, find uh, that sweet spot again and again. 
uh, what's working, right? It all boils down to these universal truths. And here they are. Number one, having a rhythm, like a daily rhythm, a weekly rhythm. Number two, reading and sharing stories. Number three, doing hands-on arts and activities. And number four, spending time in nature. So all of this really resonates with me, right? This is good stuff and so uh, much in alignment with my own experience homeschooling my three kids who are now grown. So I wanted to just take some time today to share with you why these age-old truths are so reliable and what you can take from this into your own life, into your own homeschool. So the first truth, having a rhythm. Having a rhythm simply means having some flow and design, right, to your day, to your day after day, to your weeks, to your seasons. And uh, it doesn't have to be a rigid plan, but it does need to be, it helps to visualize, you know, what activity, one activity follows another activity and so on. So when you establish a pattern in your life where activities become something your family can depend on, everyone begins to fall under this spell of the repeating rhythm. It becomes easier, actually. It's really the best place to start. I tell people all the time, start with rhythm rather than curriculum. So because having a calm, you know, a rhythmic calm, uh, it can really help on those chaotic days uh, and provide a foundation, right, for further developing your homeschool lessons. It, it's, the, it's the bedrock. And you can build off of a very simple rhythm. Rhythm also contributes to this sense of predictability. And I believe this is why children respond so well to having a rhythm. Because children are vulnerable, right? They don't they don't have a whole lot of control over their environment when they're small, when they're young. And so developmentally, they, at those ages, they rely on us to provide them a sense of safety and security. And when we uh, work with this concept of rhythm, it really builds that for our children and for our families. Uh, If you want to hear me talk more about this, check out episode number three, Relax Into Your Homeschooling Rhythm, for more about how you can work with rhythm in your family. All right, age-old truth number two, reading stories. (laughs) I want to start here with a great quote from J.K. Rowling, who said, there's always room for a story that can transport people to another place. So whether you you want to capture your child's attention, inspire them into action, or just enjoy being on the same page together, uh, sharing an experience, 
You can tell or read stories to reach all of these simple goals. Stories work so incredibly well for children because they really speak to the child's imagination. And children are wired for this. They're wired to imagine, to create, to play. It's like speaking their truest language. I'm sure you've probably had that experience where you share a story with a child and then even like days later, you see them act it out in their play with their little characters, you know, their uh, little play things. They'll, they'll almost retell the story. And that is such a good sign that the story has sunk in in such a way that it is then coming out in their play. That's what we want to see. Storytelling is really a crucial element to any good educational situation. It, it works. It's what works and um, why almost all content is purposely brought through a story in the Waldorf approach. Uh, stories help, they, they help to deliver the content, the new information, the lessons, because of all of these things I've mentioned. They really draw in a child's attention first opening the way then for teaching lessons secondarily. And stories help us connect. They help us connect with each other and remember. They help children remember. Uh, You can check out uh, episode number 16 of the podcast where my friend Allison and I talk about how stories make great teachers. All right, age-old truth number three doing hands-on arts and activities. So children need to move, right? We all know that. And they need to move things around. Almost all teachers know this, right? They know that kids need something to do, especially with their hands and their bodies. So As their teachers, we want to give our children hands-on activities to keep them engaged, right? To keep them engaged in the learning material, but also to help them explore the world we live in. What works so well about integrating the arts and hands-on projects into subjects like social studies or science is that uh, these hands-on activities engage multiple senses at the same time and actually facilitate better learning than if you only approach teaching through one modality. Uh, Children really thrive also on variety, so we want to supply a variety of ways to engage their hands and their bodies. Ideally, the more variety of activities and the arts that we give, the exploration of the arts, the better. Uh, Manipulating art material, doing science projects, all of these types of activities really stimulate children in very positive ways because children crave variety. Rudolf Steiner, uh, when he created the Waldorf Approach 100 years ago, he started talking about these lively arts that we that we want to engage children in movement and drama and, and music, drawing, painting, all of the arts 
we want to engage children in every lesson, try to bring some of these lively arts to them because he said two things. The arts bring as bring us joy as human beings and they help make the learning memorable. So if you want to hear more about this, check out episode 24. And uh, it's, it's all about weaving the lively arts into our lessons. All right, on to the last age-old truth, which is spending time in nature. Oh, <laughs> all the joys, right, of being in the sunshine, of, of watching the leaves change colors, the wind, catching a frog in a pond. There's nothing like time in nature to really reset, right, to bring down our stress levels and help us reconnect with, with the world, with our soul, with something larger than ourselves. And that's exactly why time in nature works for children, because they inherently, they don't want to be stressed, right? And they don't want to be out of alignment with their true selves. So spending time in nature addresses many of our family's needs all at once. It helps us reconnect with each other. It gives us uh, fresh air. It's, it's more spacious, right, than being indoors. It helps us to slow down and to recalibrate to the rhythms of, of Mother Earth, to the seasons and what's going on around us. And it can easily, spending time in nature can easily coordinate with homeschooling lessons. The truth is, we are all a part of this planet. We belong here. We live here. And actually going out uh, to a field or a forest, a lake, a pond, even going out into your backyard, just meets this human need to feel like we are part of something greater. Plus, this sense, uh, developing a sense of awe and wonder is so critical. It helps to lead to keen observation, the skill of observation, which all of that then helps to lay the groundwork for the study of the sciences. In our family, some of my very favorite memories of our homeschooling year, years involve time in nature where we would, uh, you know, meet up for a number of years. We did Friday hikes with friends, nature hikes, or we had a co-op where we met in the forest in a cabin in the forest and had a whole block like we'd spend a whole day, one day a week outside in the month of May and the month of September. Uh, creek walks, uh, studying monarch butterflies or bird watching, just so many delightful experiences in nature. And I think this um, children really connect to nature, to animals, to other creatures, and it can really help build some wonderful homeschooling memories. So how can you take these age-old truths into your life? Uh, it's so much fun to for me to go back and explore the, the responses that I've gotten to these from surveys I've done over the years, like I said at the beginning. And 
Uh, it's also really it's surprising, although it shouldn't surprise me, but a wonderful surprise to, to see that over the years, these four truths have come up again and again and again. Having a rhythm, reading stories with our children, doing hands-on arts and activities, and spending time in nature, these are the things that uh, work, right, in our homeschools. And of course, they're not going to work all the time, but it's really a wonderful thing to keep bringing these back and to rely on these age-old truths as uh, something that are, is an important part of our homeschooling journey. So I've been exploring these four truths for a while now, right? In conversations with parents, in in articles on my blog, and now in episodes on the Art of Homeschooling podcast. And I'd love to share some of these resources with you so that you can incorporate what really works as you educate and, and raise your children. So I encourage you to go check out the show notes for this episode to find links to resources that I've developed um, in each of these four categories of these four age-old truths about teaching children. You can find the show notes at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 25. There you'll find lots of tips and strategies, techniques, suggestions, so that you can experience more peace and more joy on your homeschooling journey. Thanks for tuning in today. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. Mm -hmm.